Welcome to the Jazz Piano School Podcast, episode number 46. Welcome to the Jazz Piano School Podcast. Learn jazz piano without all the guesswork. Now, your host, Brendan Lowe. All right, hey everyone, welcome to the Jazz Piano School Podcast, episode number 46. Now, I am super excited to be here with you. My name is Brendan Lowe. I'm the creator and founder of jazzpianoschool.com. And it is just a pleasure to be here with you all. I thank you very much for listening in. This episode, number 46, is going to be a two-part episode on comping. And after last week's episode on left-hand comping, you know, I was scanning through the episodes, kind of trying to come up with some ideas of what to uh, do our next podcast on. And I figured, hey, you know, I hadn't done much on comping, and I just realized that. And so I was like, well, man, that definitely needs to be in there, right? Is, um, you know, different approaches to comping, what to play, your voicings, where to place your hands. And a lot of people have been asking about comping, too. So just a little, some house cleaning items before I get into the show. Uh, You can go to jazzpianoschool.com forward slash JPS podcast and find a list of all the podcasts, the videos, if you're a car listener or a gym listener, one of the uh, one of our fans who emailed in said he likes listening on the walks that he goes on to, and uh, I just think that's awesome. That's really great. I listen to podcasts all the time, so it's really fun. Most of the podcasts I listen to are in the car, but if you anyway, if you go to the website, if you are at home, you can see the videos because most of the podcasts, some of the earlier ones I did uh, were interviews, but most of these ones are actually more like lessons. But you can still listen you know, through uh, iTunes um, as an audio podcast and you'll still benefit a lot from the information that I'm giving you. So again, jazzpianoschool.com forward slash JPS podcast. We do have a uh, membership which contains a course and if you're interested in that and uh, going through a step-by-step curriculum, you can visit the site. There's a seven-day free trial on there uh, for you available to check out the information and uh, go through the course if you're looking to improve your skills. So that's there as well. So let's, uh, let's, get, in, let's get into this. You know, I was going to talk about some other things. Maybe I'll talk about it later. But uh, here we go. So comping. This is going to be a two-part episode. And this first part, I'm going to do more beginner-type comping things. Okay, uh, Where to place your hands for textures. Uh, what voicings to play, <clears throat> and kind of just you know the nuts and bolts of comping, more of a foundational approach, right? In the next episode, it's funny. I'm going to tell do a very short story. I was I was playing at uh, Casadero, which is a music camp in California. It's very very popular. One of my good friends, his father is the director there, and one of the one of my friends who who's been in school is a trumpet player. You know, he just asked about how to kind of break out of. Uh, you know, boxed structure when playing jazz. You know, maybe you play the same licks, you comp the same way. Uh, we had a really fun time playing this uh, outdoor venue, um, giving a concert with a really great drummer and bass player. The drummer had gone to the Brubeck Institute. Um, I'll just leave their names out, just, you know, who knows if they want me to use their names or not. But very, very great drummer, graduated from the Brubeck Institute in, um, uh, in Stockton, in California. And uh, it was very open, it was freeing, right? And you know, I told him when I'm comping, when I was comping with those players, it kind of depends on the caliber of player, but I'm not thinking, I'm not even thinking about the notes at that point. 
honestly, in some situations. I mean, obviously, harmony is a part of it, but I'm thinking more colors, textures, movements, flow, you know, all those words. And as you start to progress, you'll stop thinking and analyzing so much, and you'll you'll feel more in the music. But that's, that's more what I'm going to talk about in the second episode, which will be next week. And that will be for more advanced players. This episode is going to be more for the beginner player, kind of just starting out comping. Or even if you're, you know, uh, an intermediate player, you could probably find some good tips from this because I'm going to go into a lot of information here. So there's going to be five, uh, five or six different points. Um, again, guys, the practice materials, uh, you can watch the lesson. If you want to get the practice materials, I email them to people. And... The uh, where you can get them if you go to jazzpianoschool.com uh, forward slash podcast 46 or for any of the future podcasts I just started doing this there'll be practice materials you can get with the podcast so you can actually do some exercises you go to uh, jazzpianoschool.com forward slash podcast 46 put your email address in let us know where you want to us to email the uh, materials to you and you can download them and practice the, the uh, points that I describe in the podcast uh, while watching the video or just listening if you want. So here we go. When comping, okay, the first thing I'm going to go over is textures on the piano because there is a lot, right? There's a lot we can do. And I haven't really picked a piece yet. Maybe, maybe I'll start with a blues, but I always use a blues. Maybe we can do some changes or something. Different keys are going to lend themselves to different hand positions. If I play an E flat, right, uh, you know, E flat has a nice position because E flat is only here and here on the piano. So if I were to play a voicing like this, right, that's a very nice, rich voicing. It fits very nicely within this register. If I were to play that same voicing, okay, just so you guys know, I have one and five here, three, five, seven, nine. This is a rootless major seven voicing with one and five on the bottom. Nice solid foundation here. Uh, you can visit the podcast. I'm not sure what number, but I go over left-hand solo piano components. Uh, one and five is a very nice left-hand solo piano component with a rootless voicing on top. Okay, a little half-step side shuffle there. If I were to play this voicing in C, it's going to change, right? So I move this down to C. Right. So already you can hear the difference as well as you can on my on my Yamaha keyboard here, my P200. Right, so it fits very nicely in E flat in this register. Okay, E fits very nicely, F does too, right? Getting a little higher, right? Here, A flat. So all those work pretty well. This is starting to thin out though, right? Around this mark, A, right? Uh, let me see here. And again, so as I move up from E flat, this texture compared to B, right, is very different. So the, the registers on the piano is the first point I want to make. If you're comping, and you're comping mainly in this register, your sound or your comping style is going to sound one way. And a lot of people ask me, students particularly, right? Well, why, why can't I, why don't I, my comping sound like the way you do it? And a lot of the times, okay, the majority of the times, it's because of the register you're using and the voices you're using. Because this is a very thin register. If I'm only comping up here, right, then I'm going to get a very thin sound. 
right? It's a very thin kind of, uh, you know, great sound. But if you want more richer, darker, kind of fuller, right? A lot of different things going on there. I'll talk about those in a second, but that's a completely different feeling comping wise than if I were doing that same thing up here. Okay, right? The, the two different feelings you get when I, you hear those sounds evoke different moods in, in the atmosphere. And that's what you got to think about is you're creating an atmosphere, okay? So if I were to comp behind a soloist, I have many, these are tools, okay, right? So that's one tool, and the low end is one tool, and the high end is one tool. So I'm going to talk about the low end first. When I am down here, we need to pay attention to the key we're in. If I'm in the key of C, right, I like to use my left hand a lot with my right hand, okay? and I play bass notes. You know, I'll play bass notes to give it more richness. And when I was growing up learning jazz, and a lot of students I teach, they think you can't play bass notes because you're gonna be interfering with the bass player. Totally not true. It adds a great sound. In some instances, I shouldn't say totally not true, in some instances, you might clash, okay, but it's, this is gonna help you progress. You're gonna get to the level where you're listening to the bass player so you can hear the movements. But Let's say I'm on the key of C, playing a two, five, one, right? What I'm gonna do with my right hand, I'm gonna use rootless voicings in my right hand mostly, all right? Because it's too low to use uh, inversions. Like if I were to play a C major seven chord, it's, there's too many foundational harmonies in this to muddy it up, right? As I get higher, it works better. As I get lower, it works not so good, right? It starts to work less and less as of the lower I get. So by using rootless voicings in my right hand, this is gonna be perfect. And again, there is a section to this that's gonna be too low, but for the most part, you can go pretty low with rootless voicings. This is okay. That's getting just a little bit low, right? That still works. It's a dark, rich sound, but it still works. And again, that, that low on the keyboard, you can't even see my left hand, I just realized on the camera, but that's, that's the lowest uh, G flat there is, F sharp on the piano. When I start to get this low on the piano, I use shells in my right hand, okay? So rootless voicings here, and now this is from a space that's about middle C down, okay? So when you're thinking about comping, everyone goes over here. Like, oh, okay, I'm gonna comp for soloist. Right, right in this range, and that's all they do. And you wanna create a solo with your comping. That's why I'm gonna show you all the registers of the piano. So, here we go. Two, five, one, and C. One, two, one, two, three, four.
So that's a really, I'm doing a lot with my left hand. Don't even pay attention to that. I'm kind of filling in the gaps. You know what? I really should, I should, um, I'll do that a little bit later actually. It'll take a while to pull up on my phone, but uh, I was gonna use a 251. If you have the iRail Pro app, I'd recommend putting your 251s on major and just comping with them, okay? I'm gonna pretend I, I'm playing with a bass player now. I wouldn't do as many left hand movements, but here we go. So that was more me solo piano. If I'm gonna comp with a bass player, I'm still gonna use my left hand, but in my right hand's gonna have rootless voicings here. I'm not gonna do as many movements, but I'm gonna still have some stabs. I call these left hand stabs because it adds a little punch. And they're usually on the upbeats. One, right? One and two and three. I had a downbeat there, but you know. One and two and three and four. One and two and three and four. Right? So here we go. I'll comp uh, more like I would envision myself playing in a group or a trio uh, with a soloist, maybe a sax solo, a singer, a trumpet player. Here we go. One, two, a one, two, three, four. And again, there's you're probably like, oh my God, what's you know what was that? Like, what are you doing with the movements? You know, if you're thinking that, don't even worry about that, right? Uh, that D flat, right? That's a D flat sus. Okay, so I'm just using the tritone of G with a sus chord. So instead of G seven, I use the tritone, and I made the dominant chord a, a sus chord, and then resolved it to C. But the point I want you to take away is that your right hand has rootless voicings, your left hand has bass note stabs. Now. Your left hand is optional. If you want to just comp your right hand rootless voicings down here, that's perfectly great as well. One, two, one, two, three, four. Actually, here, I'll, I'm going to walk bass so you can kind of hear the bass line like you'd envision a bass player. Here we go. Just watch, check out my right hand though. Here we go. One, two, one, two, three, four. Sometimes, right? You can just use shells. Okay, so my left hand was the bass player. All my right hand was doing was rootless voicings. And if you, you should definitely use this texture because it gives a nice full texture, right? I wouldn't just stay in this area, which I'll get into in the next episode, just to comp because we want to combine everything together. But this low end texture is really great. You know what? I got I to gotta put a blues on here just so I can, just so I can show you guys what I, what I mean with that full band sound. Whoops, I just went into Shazam. I don't know if you guys use Shazam a lot, but it's amazing for jazz, <laughs> playing jazz. It's, it's gotten a lot better. When it first came out, couldn't pick up any jazz tracks. But if I hear something on the radio, I'm like, oh my God, what is that, you know? Uh, let me see. So again, now this is, this is what I'm talking about. I'm gonna use a C jam blues because I want to demonstrate in C, but if you were to play in F, right? If I were to play the same lick, 
that's not really a blues progression. But in the key of F, that sounds a lot different than here. Right? So depending upon the key you're in, you're going to get a different feeling from the textures. So just keep that in mind. You know, you should be thinking about that. Oh, I'm in the key of C. You know, what's going to work down here with my right hand and my left hand and what's not? For the most part, again, like the general rule of thumb, right hand rootless voicings, left hand shells. Let's play this blues in C real quick. And then I'm going to move to the more of the middle uh, aspect of the piano. So this is going to be a medium. Let's uh, slow this down just a little bit. All right, here we go. Again, this is just slightly low, right? So I might just use rootless voicings here, not too much bass. Again, once you start playing around with this, you'll you'll start to realize like when I played this, it sounded a little muddy with the bass player. So I was like, eh, I'm gonna use less bass and more just right hand rootless voicings. Okay, but the use of this low end texture can create really nice movements. Uh, I'll do it one more time. Again, lots of left hand stuff going on, but that is optional, okay? And my left hand is just playing with my right hand. Now you might have saw, right? I used some drop two movements with my left hand. Okay? Just a little a little ditty there. But as we start to move up into the piano, the middle register of the piano, in the, and I would say even in this register, this is a different register. It's not like low, middle, high. It's more like low, medium, low, middle, medium middle right high very high right so i'd segment the piano into registers you know more so than just three because you really want to pay attention this the medium low is a very very nice texture as well okay uh, let me play in that register and then i'll talk afterwards how about that uh here we go let's well should we keep the key of c yeah let's keep the key of c
right when I did. <laughs> so this, again, this texture right here, medium low, is going to be mostly uh, drop two voicings, right? And right in this middle section sounds really good. Or you have the option of one and seven with a rootless voicing. And I'd probably drop, drop that voicing out, the seven or the third, whatever voicing you're using, to put it in the left hand, right? So for example, if I have my root, my F7 rootless voicing, or even C7, right? If I'm gonna use one and three, or one and seven for this range, right? That's what I'm recommending here. So here's my one and three. I'm gonna, I don't wanna double these, these uh, thirds here. So I'm gonna drop the E out and just play this. It, 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 that drop two voicing will really arrange your, your sound much better than doubling the notes. It'll be a nice, evenly balanced structure rather than having this. Although you can, right? I'm not saying you can't, you can. Okay, if you want a thicker, fuller sound, put that in, but the, having the, the E out for a drop two is very nice, okay? Again, same concept. I have one and seven, three, 13, nine. Okay, and if you haven't learned your rootless voicings, this is a great opportunity to do so because you're gonna need these uh, a lot for comping. Okay, so again, one, seven, three, 13, nine. Okay, and again, here's my regular rootless voicing. I'm using a drop two here, and I'm putting the seven down in my left hand. And I just slide that down for the same voicing. Right? So here we go again. Sounds great. The roots are optional in this medium to low end, right? I could just I could get away with just the uh, drop twos. Right? But again, the flare of adding that bass note stab sounds cool. You can break it up. a rhythmic component to your comping which is very nice instead of just going which sounds great as well right it's a pivot right that left hand can be a pivot right so again this medium to low end is gonna be just to review Rootless voicing with one and three, or a drop, or yes, yeah, you still your drop two with one and three, so you have the option of using the root or not, so full drop two. And what I mean by drop two, guys, if you don't know, is you're taking your rootless voicing, taking the second voice from the top, second voice would be E, and dropping it down to your left hand. So I have one and three, and I'm taking this E and putting it down here with the root. So now my root is optional. And that is going to be the main structure. Again, same thing for this. We can start to use inversions now because we've cleared that low end. Right, there's a nice little movement there. But again, just my standard inversion with the drop two works very nicely in this medium to low end, okay? And again, I really like the one and seven too, adding the root even though it's optional, I really like that voicing. These kind of voicings down here in this medium low end work very nice. They're a nice thick texture. Again, if I play an F blue, C, <coughs> C, like I said, its key center is here, right? 
So you have different options here. F fits very nicely in the medium low end. Let me just demonstrate an F a couple times. Like if we're using the same structure I just told you about, right? One and seven rootless here, or 13 on top. So this F, I love playing blueses in the key of F, anything around F, G, E flat, D flat, because this medium low end is so rich. So again, in this case, because it's too low, I, I, I can play one and seven and just have my third here. I chose to use all my right hand. And you can do this as well. Like instead of using this, one and seven, three, five, I'm just gonna play a, tr a triad here with three notes and put my bass on my left hand. C sus. So that's the medium low end, okay? Again, each end, each register takes a long time to practice and master, okay? This isn't just, you know, you need to play in every register a lot and get used to it and experiment with it. All right, so now we're moving past, uh, past um, let me see, past middle C, kind of more in this area, right? Right here, which is, uh, if you're listening on the podcast, I gotta remember that, is more in the right around middle C. Right, you can already hear more of the higher texture. So this is really nice for drop twos. Mainly I use drop twos with extensions in this sort of area. So, um, but again, I don't comp all in one area, but you know, that's the area I use this texture for. So again, if I'm thinking two, five, ones in the key of C, C is a great key for this, this kind of upper and more middle area. Right, so this, right, just drop twos. Again, you can add your root in there create a nice thick texture as well. These work really, really great as well. Uh, maybe a fourth voicing here. Right, one and seven, three, 13, flat nine. So again, mainly the middle section, I'm using drop twos. That's, that's basically what you should take away from that. And to practice your drop twos, again, you wanna take your rootless voicings, drop the second voice from the top, and then voice lead that drop two. So for example, if I have my D minor rootless voicing, I'm putting my F down here. Now I'm, I'm using my right hand to move my rootless voicing to my G7 rootless voicing. My left hand stays the same, but then it moves going to my C major seven. So now as we get up here, 
all right? More of this area. This kind of area is strange, right? Now, as we start up to get into the medium to high range, I move away from my ruleless voicings because it's a little too thin. Uh, what cubes I am? C. I might have movements from there. Moving down like that from my drop twos, those were just inversions. B flat seven. But rarely am I staying up here with my drop twos. Okay? For the most part, I'm gonna use this. I switch my left hand to rootless voicings. And my right hand will have more of a, a texture, maybe like a three note texture, a two note texture, or an octave. So I'll pick some more color notes. You can double notes. Maybe an upper structure triad. I don't think I've gone over those in the podcast yet. But if you do know what those are, you can use an upper structure with your left hand rootless voicing. Right? When they're spread out like that, it sounds great. When they're close together, it sounds good too. Right? But when it's spread out, that's a really nice texture for a nice short stab. Right? And again, I love this octave. This octave texture starts to work really well now that we're getting up into the higher end. So this is kind of medium to high, not completely high yet, I would say. But my left hand has now switched to full rootless voicing mode. Okay, and if you're looking at the video, I'm playing A flat, C, E flat, G for my F rootless, F minor rootless voicing. And the C that I have is middle C. So my, my left hand is now completely above middle C. My right hand is in the higher register with, with octaves. Right, so that would be a time where I switch registers to use my drop twos, right? Right, so, you know, that was out of instinct. Uh, let me see. So, again, I use a lot of octaves <clears throat> with my right hand, but again, you don't have to have octaves, you can just have one note. And if you're using those one notes, create a melody line, right? You want to create a melody line that is very simple in voice leads. If you're not good at melody lines, then just use, you can just comp with your left hand, right? Or use those octaves. Like I might, I might just use my left hand sometimes for colors up here. And that's it. I don't even, I don't even use my left, my right hand depending upon how high we get. So now as we start to get even higher, right? This is really high. Again, my right hand's off the camera here. I only use this register 
you know, for for um, <clears throat> textural basis, and again, I'm getting more into the advanced kind of comping stuff I'm gonna go over later, but, you know, depending on the tune, if it's more of a ballad type of style, right? And the great thing about the high register is that no matter how many notes you play, you can play as many notes as you want and get away with it. So I can play a mush, and it's gonna sound great. If I do this down here, you can't hear crap, right? So, right. You can get away with anything in this high register, and I'm using it mostly for textures. Now, occasionally, if I'm comping down here, I'll play, I'll play like a stab. My left hand is just a little too high, you know, for rootless voicings, I might use it here. And again, that's going back to that concept of your left hand rootless voicings with your right hand octaves. Creating a melody line. Sorry. Okay, so again, that it depends on the texture. Like most of the time, I'll use that as stabs. I'm not consistently playing at the very high end unless it's a ballad, right? Um. Right, if I were comping for body and soul, right? If you can picture a bass player playing. Let me put body and soul on real quick. That's, that's more of the time I would stay up in that area. Okay, not come down. I can stay there for as long as I want and create a really nice texture. Here's body and soul. Three, four. Oops, sorry, I don't know what happened there. I think my pants stopped it. Here we go. One, two, three, a nice little roll. You can play as many notes as you want, right? A smudge. just a small example of how I'd use the high-end texture or again I, we can use our octaves creating a nice melody okay but to use that high-end effectively you need to be very confident because things are gonna stick out right like a sore thumb because it's very high so let me uh, just show you how I combine everything and again that's what I'm gonna be going into uh, in the next lesson is the combination of all the textures and how to work with everything. So let me see. Uh, I'm just going to put a random song on. This is Cheek to Cheek. Here we go. Switch up to the middle register. Octaves.
octaves. A little space here, drop twos. Dabs. Middle register, fourth voicings. as you can see you know the comping sounds great when you're you're kind of using the comping to solo right you're creating a solo and again I, you don't want to over comp and I'm going to talk about that in the next episode you want to take away the spotlight from the soloist or the singer whoever but when someone's ahead of you or excuse me when you're supporting someone these textures you want to refine them and make them tasteful you know you want to think about these as spices Right, each little thing is a spice. A nice drop two, something like that. Some coming down with your voice. Some fourth voicing, right? Or the low end adds a nice, rich, full palette for a singer or a soloist to play over. With my bass notes. Adding, now you're adding rhythmic component with your left hand because your palette is your right hand. That's a very key point actually I've, that just came to me is that because I'm using my whole notes to hold the harmonic value of the chord so that someone can play over top of this, I can't play rhythms because I want to create a nice solid palette of harmony. My rhythms come from my left hand. Okay, that's, that's kind of groundbreaking there. I'm using, I'm establishing the time and syncing the time with my players. Otherwise I'd just be doing this, right? Right, just all whole notes, and that's boring. So my rhythmic component comes from my left hand. A little bit of a right hand. Okay, so as you can see, I combined everything. I used lots of different textures. So in the practice materials, you're gonna uh, you're gonna um, you're gonna have the steps listed out for you. The uh, key points that are in each register. Uh, practice the registers comping through tunes, okay? Uh, practice them, you know, on your own in all different aspects, styles, uh, tempos, volume levels. You want, you just want to get comfortable. And if you're playing a gig or you're by yourself or you're at a jam session, work on something. Be like, hey, I'm going to try and add this in while someone's soloing. Or I'm going to try and add this in and play around with it. You got to experiment, right? So again, go to uh, jazzpianoschool.com if you uh, forward slash <coughs> podcast 46 to get the practice materials. And again, if you want the, uh, the lesson video on this is on the website and you can just go to jazzpianoschool.com forward slash JPS podcast and you'll have access to all the podcast and lesson videos that accompany each podcast. So 
Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. It's super enjoyable um, building a schedule now around the podcast. And again, we're going to be releasing these every Friday now. And uh, we got a lot going on with JPS. So if you haven't checked out the website, we're redoing the website. It's going to be awesome. We got um, a practice calendar we're adding in there. Uh, a lot of different specialty courses now. The main course to JPS is finished, right? There's a beginner, intermediate, and advanced level. And my goal with that was to build step-by-step uh, -step education for people to flow through with um, and really understand exactly why they're playing what they're playing, how to connect the dots, and how to use tools to build a successful jazz <clears throat> education for themselves. And luckily, I was able to uh, go to the New School University. Not everyone's able to do that. I'm sure the majority of you listening are just playing jazz on your own, trying to make it happen, you know, trying to find different resources so you can get better. Or if you have a private teacher, you know, studying with them. And that, that process can be really slow, you know, and frustrating. And I understand. I was there. Okay. And this is exactly why I created Jazz Piano School. My goal with the website is to create the best uh, jazz piano education for everyone uh, in order to help you with this great music and help you succeed at it without frustrations and uh, removing the guesswork that I experienced in my jazz education journey. So we got a lot of plans, some specialty courses coming out. Um, uh, just to drop, a little, drop some hints, we got a solo piano system coming out. We're going to have a voicings specialty course coming out. So you can... Uh, these are going to be available for purchase separately. You don't have to uh, sign up for the full JPS course, um, which is available right now. But this is, I think, will really help a lot of people because a lot of people are just like, hey, I just need comping. I just need voicings. Well, great. I'm building these specialty courses so that you can just get help with those sections. And it'll be a lot of the information that I'm doing in the podcast, but much more in depth practice workbook, textbook workbook, um, lesson text practice videos, different tempos, a lot of cool features. All right. If you guys have any questions, feel free to email me at any time, brendanlow at jazzpianoschool.com, and I will get back to you. And uh, coming up next week, we will have the part two to comping, uh, going over more textures, flavors, styles, things like that for more of the advanced player that's used to comping to kind of break out of the box. And I mean, this is going to be for people who kind of have dabbled in a lot of the stuff that I just showed you, but just kind of taking it to the higher level to kind of break out of that middle register comping or kind of spark your creativity. You know, a lot of times I hear certain things that people say and I, I know it already, but it's like, oh, why don't you try this? And I'm like, oh crap. You know, and it kind of leads you down that new path uh, to creativity and uh, motivation for comping outside the way you're used to. All right, I'm just babbling on right now. <laughs> so have a uh, great day. Thank you so much for, oh, last thing, I should have said this first. Again, with our new found focus on the podcast, I would love to get some uh, five-star reviews. If you're enjoying this episode, last episode, any of the other episodes, it only takes a second. If you just go on iTunes, you don't even need to write anything. If you just click that the podcast is five stars, I'd really appreciate it. My goal is to get to 105 stars, okay? So we are at 22 right now. <laughs> we got a long way to go. But hopefully by the time I hit 100 podcasts, 100 episodes, we will be at 105 stars. So that's my goal. So if you can do that, I'd really appreciate it. If you want to leave a review, please do. I'd appreciate that as well. So again, have a great day, guys. I hope this podcast helped. Happy practicing.